0: This week on Geek Explained, in part two of Geektober, I'm joined by NerdSync's own Scott Nicewander as we discuss the best Scooby Doo movie you've never heard of. Join us as we dive into Scooby Doo Adventures The Mystery Map. Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host, Eric Azana, and today's episode is part two of Geektober. We are dedicating the entire month of October to Halloween and spooky, spooky discussions. And this week, I am sitting down with Scott Nicewander of the NerdSync YouTube channel to talk about what else but Scooby-Dooby-Doo. And we're going to be covering a movie that I legit had not heard of before a month ago, and I have a feeling a lot of people haven't heard about it either. So we are going to be discussing in full the film Scooby-Doo Adventures the mystery map it is an all puppet scooby-doo film you will not believe your ears you will not believe your eyes it is a hidden gem if ever there was one and i'm really excited to share with you the conversation that scott and i had uh, we also have of course this week's comics countdown where i'll be chatting you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week as well as the first weekly review for season two of loki so stay tuned for all of that after the jump but for now let's roll right on into the main event, the main course, the entree if you will, as Scott Nicewander and I discuss Scooby-Doo Adventures, the mystery map. Scooby-Doo! Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We've got some work to do now. Mm. Scooby Dooby Doo. It's on you. Yeah. We need some help. Do we, And yeah. you know the rest. Yeah. And we are here in part two of Geektober, and I am very excited because I feel like this should be a tradition and since this is the second time now i'm going to make it a tradition about talking about scooby-doo during the month of october and bringing on the person who is almost synonymous with the term scooby-doo in my personal head when i think of scooby-doo i think of him when i think of him i think of scooby-doo and i have been a fan for a very long time you all know this i gushed about it all over the place last time he was on the show. But I am so excited to welcome back onto the podcast for Geektober from NerdSync, Scott Nicewander. Scott,
1: Hello. welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. That means a lot that, that when you think Scooby-Doo, you think me. That's my uh, campaign at work there, trying so hard to, <laughs> to be the Scooby-Doo guy. So... You are I'm the, glad it's the, paying
0: the CEO of Scoob in my book. So, oh,
1: I wish I was the CEO. Do you know how many changes? <laughs> you know, what plans I have for the future. We're gonna set out a, a six-phase slate for yeah. the
0: next thirty years.
1: Yes, I, I'm, I. It's it's a it's a it's a map that I have for the uh, for the for the whole franchise. It's it's my it's my mystery map, if you will.
0: Well, it's funny that you mentioned
1: that, Scott. Oh, really? Is it?
0: We're talking about a little known project. And when I mean when I say little known, I mean little known. Yeah. When when we look back, I wanna ask you about a very specific date, and I don't want to get too personal with you. But okay. Scott, yeah. when you think of the date February fourteenth, twenty fourteen. Yeah. Do any memories come to mind for you? Oh, Does gosh. that date hold any significance for you?
1: It's, uh, February 14th is a Valentine's Day, right? That's Correct. That, Correct. Yeah. Great poll. 2014. That was nine years ago. Oh my God. That was yeah. nine years ago. Um, so I would have been 20. I hate that I can go back nine years and be in my <laughs> 20s. I would have been 22. I would have actually been 21 if it was February. So... Um I was in college and mm-hmm. I <sighs> That's all I got. I think I was just in college. I think I was on my second semester, but I don't think I did any I don't think I did anything did the world do anything cool? Well, it's funny because and
0: it's it's kind of strange because 9 years ago I was also in my 20s and I was also oh. in college all on right. February 14th, 2014 um february fourteenth, 2014 is actually the date of my uh my anniversary with my partner we (gasps) went on our accidental first date on valentine's day i did not mean to ask her out on valentine's day but it happened and so this date holds a lot of significance to me and yet what i didn't realize is that the date also held significance to the world at large. Not just because it was Valentine's Day, as you correctly mentioned, but because February 14th, 2014 saw the wide release of a film called Scooby-Doo Adventures, The Mystery Map. Okay. This movie was originally released in 2013 as a Walmart-exclusive DVD. But on February (laughs) 14th, 2014... Uh It got a wide release. Wide out release to
1: the rest of the world.
0: And we're breaking world... down that
1: Walmart. that walled Walmart garden that we Walmart can't Wall. gatekeep. We cannot gatekeep anymore <laughs> these Walmart <laughs> exclusives. The world needs them. It's so interesting because Walmart gets a lot of
0: strange exclusives. Like it got yeah. two of the best comic books that we've gotten in the last ten years, that uh-huh. being uh, Batman Universe and Superman Up in the Sky. Oh yeah, and it got this, and I find it fascinating because when you hear the word Scooby Doo, obviously we all think of Scott, but also you think of the numerous animated series. Yes. You think of the incredibly successful, if released out of
1: order, live action movies. Thank you for saying that. Yes,
0: and you think of the wonderful animated films, of which of there course, are many, to varying so degrees. Many.
1: Yes. I mean, this, it, what is Scooby-Doo if not animated or briefly with real humans? There's no third thing that I think Scooby-Doo could be, right? Scott,
0: can uh, I posit a possibility to you that there might be a third medium, not, li- not quite live action, okay. but not quite animated interesting what is this mysterious third thing this third thing has its roots back in time memoriam it has its roots back before recorded film before mm. recorded audio as you're listening to this on your podcasting devices subscribe Whoa. And, you know continue to download these episodes yeah please it is in fact puppets Puppets. Puppets. Everyone loves puppets. Everyone loves puppets. And I had no idea that Scooby-Doo had a puppet movie.
1: I didn't know either until just a couple of... I mean, if we're going to continue this fiction until you just told (laughs) me just now. But in reality, (laughs) I I only found out in like 2021... I think, or uh, or either 2020 or 2021. It was, yeah, it was a, uh, I was just doing research for a video and I was just trying to watch as much Scoob content as I could and uh, on on Boomerang and now on Max, there was Ooh. this thing I had never seen before, which was this movie it, 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 with the images showing puppet versions of Scooby-Doo and, and Shaggy and the rest of the gang, but not even just that. They they are puppet versions of the pup named Scooby Doo versions yes. of the characters. Yes.
0: <laughs> now it's it's funny because we uh, we had talked I want to say probably a month before this um, mm-hmm. about you coming back on to talk about. Uh, something scooby-doo related i was thinking oh maybe we'll talk about zombie island or where sure. we'll, we'll find something else spooky spooky and scott mentioned did you know they have a puppet movie and this <laughs> what, this cracked open my mind and the secrets of the universe made themselves aware to me because i had never yes. thought even of the possibility of doing a scooby-doo puppet story of any kind
1: it's and absolutely bonkers. I mean, look, I've made I've made a Zombie Island video. I think it's a rite of passage. You're talking about Scooby Doo. You got to talk about Zombie Island. At Everyone loves it. At some point, you got to do it. Um, but like who's going to talk about this puppet movie though, right? And it's going to right yeah. <laughs> be us right now. Yeah. Only us. <laughs> it's going to be us right now. So
0: this this movie entitled Scooby Doo Adventures: The Mystery Map. Uh Immediately caught my eye, as you mentioned, because it uses the character designs of a pup named Scooby-Doo, which for many people, I feel like in our age bracket, was the the Scooby-Doo show that was going on when we were Mm -hmm. we people. Yes. And... I have a special place in my heart for oh, that too. version of Fred, that version of Velma, our patron saint, our lord and savior, Red Herring. Of course. Th- never did
1: anything wrong except never the one it, time that he just did. Just the one time that he did. Technically two times because the first time that they ever solved a mystery was against Red Herring, which is why Fred accuses him forever. That is um, true. And then there was another time later on where he also, also did it. I so.
0: always forget about that first one. I just it's, remember it's a catharsis. It's a brief flashback. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the catharsis of them unmasking Red Herring and Fred having his first existential crisis as a Yeah, because
1: he made a bet earlier in the episode where they said, stop accusing Red Herring. And he says, fine, I won't accuse Red Herring anymore. And that was the one episode where it wasn't him. And Fred <laughs> <Yeah>. broke down. <laughs> Rightfully so, Fred.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but... That being said, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo has always been a big uh, – it, it's been a big favorite for me. I think genuinely it's between that and probably Mystery Incorporated for my favorite shows yeah. of the of the Scooby gang. Mm-hmm. So seeing those character designs again, I was immediately hooked. I'm like, this is my flat top Fred Jones. Yes. This is all of the people that I fell in love with when I was a wee lad. And then they opened their mouths – I was going to ask about
1: this. Yeah. It's
0: not a pup named Scooby Doo. Crew, it it's is, the
1: classic voices
0: for the most part. For
1: the most part, it is. It's yeah. It is like who the modern people like the modern voice actors. Like you've yes. got obviously, obviously the young Shaggy in a pup named Scooby Doo is voiced by Casey Kasem, who's no longer with us. So they couldn't mm-hmm. get him, but they do have Matthew Lillard the uh, basically basically the shaggy shaggy, right (laughs) um you've you've got um fred jones played by uh frank welker who did not voice him in the the original but is yeah has been voiced that like a pup named scooby-doo is like the only well not the only but i think it's it might be the only series other than the one with glenn howerton now Mm -hmm. in velma but you know basically frank frank welker has voiced Fred for since the incarnation all the way through to, to modern day, yeah. um, and uh, and then you've got uh, I mean the, but there are there are different choices though too because I think Velma is a different uh voice actor as well. Yes, as, I, I wanted to bring this deal. up yeah. because mm-hmm. Velma
0: is voiced by Stephanie DeBrusso. I know I pronounced uh-huh. that incorrectly, and I apologize. Who is you might not immediately hear that voice or hear that name and know who that is but she was a big part in establishing avenue q oh. which is the other big puppet Puppets. thing and i think she was kind of like the spearhead for this and she's gone on record before talking about this project and how she was brought on for this and it's a it's a big deal because mindy cone was the Mm -hmm. velma at the time yes and for her not to be on this it's it wasn't immediately noticeable watching it but when you kind of are listening for it and you know that that's not the case that it's not her it becomes crystal clear but it is fascinating
1: it's really fascinating. It, it's and it's really interesting because the character, I think Velma is one of the only characters in this one whose personality has changed the most from a pup named Scooby-Doo. Yes. Where in that, in, in the cartoon, she was very quiet and mm-hmm. very like introspective and it was just like, um she wouldn't really, she was like very reserved and very calm and very sweet. um But they they took a more modern Velma approach where yeah. she sort of gets like, frustrated a bit with everyone else (laughs) on the on the gang which is everything it's great oh yeah which is which is so good i mean i love both interpretations but it was it was weird seeing the look of young of of young velma in puppet form with the attitude of you know a different older velma um so that was also an interesting choice i mentioned i i i i got this wrong just a second ago i said i thought that Scooby-Doo is voiced by someone else. I was actually looking at the puppeteers list, not the voice actors. Scooby-Doo is voiced by uh, Frank Walker as well, who's been doing Scooby-Doo for a long time. Uh, Wasn't the original, but is basically the de facto Scooby-Doo currently. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because there are there is some crossover between yeah, um, yeah between the people who uh, like you're saying uh, Stephanie DeBruzzo did both the puppet for Velma and the voice of Velma,
0: which makes sense with her background with Avenue Q. Like it's yeah. it's funny because I remember at the I th- I think at this point maybe it was a couple years out but i remember in college avenue q being this big thing mm-hmm. and then they parlayed that unbeknownst to us at the time i guess mm-hmm. uh into this story and yeah we have a lot of the um a lot of the mainstays we talked about frank welker uh, i want to mention gray delisle griffin as daphne of course of who course has been, iconic i mean everywhere her voice her name is iconic and her voice is iconic but her oh daphne gosh, is also yeah.
1: iconic as well absolutely 100
0: and then we've got other uh other actors in this d bradley baker maybe the the, yeah. the voice actor
1: yeah the absolutely. chameleon
0: voice actor who can do literally he can anything do he chooses
1: you throw anything at him he's like i got you and it's i perfect. took a
0: class with him once and did he you was, really he was just oh my god the way that his mind works Oh. it's fascinating getting like directed in a class i was like i i walked out like again i i had unlocked this the secret knowledge yes and i'm like i'm going to take this and run with this forever
1: excellent
0: but we've also got uh john reese davies yeah who is best known for salah in uh the indiana jones franchise yeah. and Gimli, gimley yeah Wings. he plays gnarly beard
1: Oh, in, yeah. In this, in this, yeah, he's that's like the main sort of ghost, right? Gnarly mm-hmm. beard. Yeah. Uh, this he's, is he's this is sort of we we've not really t- touched on too much of the of the plot, which we will do, I'm, I'm sure, in a second. But yeah, th- what's interesting about this movie is that it's, it's it's sort of two parts. So there's two different mysteries,
0: which broke me because we I got yeah. to the intermission. I'm like, oh, that was really quick. I didn't expect that. Oh
1: there's another half to this yeah 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 so that he's he's uh john reese davies plays gnarly beard which is one of the one of the ghosties but yeah
0: and then rounding out the cast we have uh jeffrey uh glenn bennett who many people may know as the original voice of johnny bravo mm. who is the uh the hot dog vendor as well as uh, lighthouse Lou yes so you have like an all-star cast oh my gosh yeah it's incredible the and i feel like if this had been like traditionally animated in 2d this would be something that people would be talking about regularly
1: it's so yeah it's and i'm sure you're right with the uh with like the call to make it puppets being almost like it it feels like it would be like a a passion project for Mm -hmm. uh for stephanie de just to be like we're gonna I, you know, I've got this history with puppets. Uh, we should make this puppet version of. I would like a whole show of this, but I think I, I'm Same. I am curious if you're right of of like, if this it feels like it's different enough that it should have gotten more people talking about it, what well, it just didn't. Yeah, and it's interesting too because I've
0: done a little bit of research on this, and mm-hmm. I there's a story behind this, and I find it really fascinating. But okay, getting into Scott mentioned. The plot which we have tiptoed around yeah and the plot of this is almost classic pup named scooby-doo it's like so good. they've got Dude. the tree house they're hanging out they're doing their thing um i love the gag at the beginning with fred working out in the mirror and having a conversation with mirror fred yeah like it's so good it's <laughs> it's classic pup named scooby-doo they order a pizza, and within this pizza, they find a map. And this yes. map is some kind of old-school treasure map. And so they decide they are going to figure out how to, you know, use this map and find this treasure. And along the way, they meet a few interesting people. Yes. Uh, Stu Stokowski is the pizza boy that yes. delivers the pizza initially. Um and what they come to find out is that the map originally belonged to Gnarly Beard, a dread Gnarly pirate yes. whose treasure was never found. Mm-mm. And during their search for this treasure, they run into Dr. Escobar and her assistant, Shirley, who Fred is immediately smitten with.
1: Oh, Fred loves Shirley. That's his whole Shirley thing. He, he's so into Shirley, like immediately smitten. Of uh, head over heels if he had heels but he is a, a hand from the waist down I, I believe <laughs> because he is a puppet
0: and I love the the tension that's always kind of there between Daphne and Fred anytime someone mildly attractive shows up for either of them mm-hmm. it's impressive how they're able to tiptoe around this and have for the last Sixty See, years.
1: this is this is what's interesting to me, because I don't remember that being the case in in the in a pup named Scooby-Doo. But right. if we were to like headcanon this to be like uh, a year or two after a pup named Scooby-Doo, like they're every all, all the kids are a little bit older. Their yeah. personalities are slowly getting into the. The how the modern version of them are, which even the modern version of them is still teens, right? They're mm-hmm. meddling kids. Usually. so like the, you could say that this this puppet uh, movie sort of fits in between them as as they're morphing from pup Named Scooby Doo personalities to the more uh, current modern interpretations. And so like having stuff like that, where like Fred and Daphne sort of have this like tension between them of like they clearly like each other, but no one's gonna outright say it. Sort of mm-hmm. a thing uh yeah it just totally it totally fits
0: yeah and seeing the two of them kind of you know fold into they're very much i th- I think you you mentioned it already and it's true they're very much in like in line with their pup named scooby-doo counterparts velma mm-hmm. really is the only person who seems like mm-hmm. she has gotten some off-screen character development between then and now and yeah. she realized how ridiculous everything is around her
1: yeah um I mean, and then of course, like Shaggy and Scooby, they're just like true, they're true and true, like all the way from any iteration is just like, they're hungry, they're cowards, we get it.
0: (laughs) And they're fun. And they just, they're they're here just for a good, they're here for vibes. And they love their friends.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's all it is.
0: And so they find themselves being hunted by this phantom parrot which is this giant green parrot dressed up in a pirate costume yes and during the chase we get the first uh of three songs that are in this movie uh which is here comes summer and fun fact about all three of the songs in this movie none of them were made for this movie and i find that hilarious that this was yeah. such a passion project, as you mentioned, that they didn't even want to put a new soundtrack to it.
1: Yeah, I imagine they couldn't. They were they were probably just like I don't know if it's a budget thing or whatever, but they were just like these are songs that have previously come up in other Scooby Doo movies, uh, and like they're good songs. And they're fun oh, they're montage songs. songs. And we're not going to reinvent the wheel here. We're, we can just take this, this and, and, and run with it. The fun thing about it is puppets. And it's not like it's a, all the songs aren't from one movie. Like, right. They're not copying the songs from one movie. They're taking it from diff, uh, like three different Scooby-Doo outings, yeah. uh, which I also think is kind of interesting. I so, do, too. It's, it's, yeah. It almost feels
0: like a fan project. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really strange in that. they So Here Comes Summer comes from Scooby-Doo Camp Scare, a uh, yes. separate movie. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're we're focusing on the one Scooby adventure here. Yeah. That's kind of broken into two Scooby adventures as two halves. But mm-hmm. we f- are able to capture the Phantom... We, like you and I were there, also yeah. as puppets. We helped. Uh, yeah. f- they're able to capture the Phantom parrot, and he is revealed to be Stu Stakowski. And I love... The use of traps, I think it's wonderful. Fred yes. continues to love traps in every iteration. All yep, of yep, his, yep. Uh, all of his plans usually involve a really convoluted trap or shagging and Scooby, dressing up in a humiliating costume.
1: Which they do in this one. They this is where nice. if you've yeah if you have been um if you if you've been on TikTok with it like the past three or four years or something like that there was a viral sound a couple years ago of uh from this movie where it's shaggy it so do, so to 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 lure the parrot um what do you what do you know about parrots <laughs> polly wanna cracker right yes. so uh oh, they God. dress shaggy up as a as a big cracker and then he says the line something like I've been a lot of things, but I never thought I'd be a giant cracker.
0: And and I, hearing that line, I am not on TikTok, but I heard that line and I immediately thought to myself, this has to be. This that's, has to be memed. That's no, viral audio. <laughs> 100%. no way that they got
1: this line through. People know, uh-huh. I'm sure, that line and not where it comes from. They have no idea. I'm sure they've seen like that clip maybe, but most of it, mean, it's people sampling it. They probably just think, oh, it's a Scooby-Doo thing. <laughs> they might even not know if it's a Scooby-Doo thing they, if they don't even recognize the, the voice of, of, of Shaggy there. It's just a funny sound. Uh, that's like the legacy that this, <laughs> that this movie has is that TikTok sound. <laughs>
0: of all the things bringing yeah. it to a new medium uh intro you know reintroducing fan favorite character designs a so brand good. new voice yep. actress for one of the main parts
1: mm-hmm. it's the
0: quote about shaggy being a nah,
1: that yeah
0: <laughs> my god
1: um uh, mm-hmm. but they
0: they get the phantom parrot and it is revealed to be Stu stakowski the delivery boy who delivery according guy. to him is The, I think it was the great, 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 great grandson of Gnarly Beard mates.
1: Mate, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Not (laughs) entirely sure.
0: He's not totally sure, but he believes it is for him. And Mm. there, it kind of ends pretty abruptly. And I was like, oh, well, that's a fun little, you know, wipe your hands of this, you know, adventure. That's fun. I don't see you know what the big deal is and then we get the intermission
1: bringing then, in the second song because which... because they don't find the tre- like that's no. the mystery still out there so you yeah. end, you end by catching by like being like where did this map come from oh well we found it in our pizza if the pizza delivery guy gave us this map to help find the treasure um but like they didn't find the treasure yet so mm-hmm. they gotta still go do that
0: I also love that during the explanation, Stu is like, it fell into the pizza while we were making it. And I'm like, how does that happen? <laughs> because uh, it's, it's always not like, on me at work. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's not like it like fell flat and then a pizza landed on top of it. When they find the map, it is rolled up in a slice of the pizza, in a slice that, of pizza.
1: Mm-hmm. that Scooby
0: bites into. I'm like, how does that happen? And you don't it, notice <laughs> it got cooked and it didn't and it's still fine. That's so cool. <laughs> They didn't notice just this large cylindrical lump in the pizza when they're, packing no, they're no, no, like, no. this is probably fine.
1: That's fine. That's one of our it's <laughs> you've heard of cheese stuffed crust. This is cheese stuffed. It's the whole thing is stuffed with one log <laughs> of cheese in the middle.
0: So our second song comes here. And it is Dig It from Scooby-Doo Legend of the Fantasar. Um, yes. I can't say dig it without thinking like having to say it like Macho Man.
1: Oh, of course you like, have dig to. It. Dig it.
0: And the second half begins where they dis- where they recognize, wait a second, the map is incomplete. Yeah. And it's incomplete because of how it was found, with Ski yep.
1: biting onto it. <laughs> he bit right into it, so he's- the map is in his tummy.
0: Incredible. Mm-hmm. And they go on to continue their search. At a certain point, um, they come upon a lighthouse, which is where they meet Lighthouse Lou. Mm-hmm. And... Scooby and Shaggy find this X in the ground, and it mm-hmm. is just incredible. Like, wonderful yeah. craftsmanship. The penmanship on the X is incredible. So and good. when they unearth it, it lights up red, and it basically says, step on me, and you shall fly. Uh, or it's like, step on me, prepare to fly. Yeah. Um The treasure you seek will soon be nearby, or something like that.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And as soon as they repeat it, I'm thinking to myself, oh, this has got to be spring loaded. This it's has got to be wild.
1: classic. Because here's the thing about puppets and puppet comedy is that what is funnier than throwing a li- like a lifeless puppet <laughs> it through the air onto something as it hits something? I mean, it's there's like they're like rag dolls. And that's the funnest thing. <laughs> Is the
0: purest form of entertainment we can find. We all remember mm-hmm. taking our toy Woody after seeing Toy Story and just flinging him up into the air because with, his, with his little cloth arms yeah. would just flail as he sailed through the air. Mm-hmm. And both of them end up on the ship of Gnarlybeard, who is somehow alive.
1: Somehow alive, still sailing. Still never sailing. stopped. Still,
0: still doing his thing. Yeah. He's, he's just never stops can't stop, won't Gnarly stop.
1: Beard. Yeah.
0: And so the the rest of the Scooby gang, Velma, Daphne, and Fred, and this is my favorite part in the entire movie. Yes. They're like, oh, no, it's sailing really fast away from us. And they both just go, that is an incredibly accurate statement, which is <laughs> hilarious because of the visual gag. These are puppets. This thing is not moving nearly fast enough for yeah, anything. Yeah, no. <laughs> And Velma does the math, and she's just like, they're moving at 93 knots. And I don't know, for me, if that's fast or not. Who can say? Who's to say? But it's hilarious. And they're like, well, we'll need something incredibly fast and aerodynamic. And then they turn around, and Daphne's just like, I have a plane! And... One of my favorite parts of all Scooby media is how Mm -hmm. we all forget how obscenely rich Daphne Blake
1: is. I believe that started with a pup named Scooby Doo. I I think so, yeah. I don't, there might have been hints at it in in previously, but it was really just a pup named Scooby Doo is when they leaned into Daphne is wealthy. She is old money old money the blakes have old money yeah. uh because she's always got a butler jenkins mm-hmm. um in the cartoon uh so they really ham it up in that one and 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 they deliver here they're just like oh yeah i just have a plane like I just, and we have and a plane. it's not just having a plane she says oh daddy
0: stashes our planes all over the world and I'm like, like,
1: multiple planes
0: <laughs> and she's like yeah i've been you know having flying lessons since i was a kid i fly my dad's private jet all the time you gotta (laughs) and i just velma's reaction to this i died she's just like in a field a plane do we not see (laughs) How weird this is it's like and this is a very specific poll for me this is like in uh f9 the fast saga the ninth film in the fast and furious franchise where uh tyrese's character suddenly Mm -hmm. realizes that he's in a movie for just a split second Mm -hmm. and he's like we keep going in these like horrifically terrible accidents and all of these situations where we should not be alive and none of us have died but we're alive. I think we're unkillable. I think we're, and the entire movie is him just believing he's unkillable. And yeah. it's one of those like self-aware things that doesn't like lean too hard into parody that, but it's actually really, really funny.
1: Oh yeah. And, and, and it works in this too. I mean, it, 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 it worked in that movie. It works here as well, Yeah, just because it is a comedy up with puppets. It's, it's not meant to be like, it is just like, yeah, of course, someone's gonna point it out and be like, "Isn't this is ridiculous?" Right? And it's like, "Yeah, but I mean, that's how we, that's how it is in movies. That's how we're doing it."
0: And they hop into the plane and they sail off. And it's here that we get uh, our third song as Scooby and Shaggy are put to work on mm-hmm. the ship of Gnarly Beard. We get Scooby Doo, Abracadabra Doo from Yes, Scooby Doo, from-
1: mm-hmm.
0: Abracadabra Doo.
1: So you want to know what's interesting about that is hmm. that the song does not have a hyphen between abracadabra do, but the movie does. <laughs> well, they had to differentiate it. Somehow. They had to make so. sure if you're like, Hey, what do you, what, what media are you enjoying these days? And you say Scooby-Doo abracadabra do, <laughs> uh, they needed a way to be like, but which one, But which <laughs> the, one, the movie or the song.
0: But also I think it might've been a situation where they're like, oh, man, I really want to put Scooby-Doo Abracadabra-Doo here, but if I do that, then mm. people are just going to think of the movie. And the other production assistant going, actually, mm. it doesn't have the hyphen, so people won't immediately think of that movie.
1: No, they'll it's be confused. just different enough. They'll be confused. It's like the early it's like the early Spider-Man comics where sometimes it was spelled without a hyphen, sometimes it was all one word, sometimes it was had a space in the middle, and everyone's like, I don't even know what this character is. Sometimes his name is Peter Palmer. Who knows sometimes who this his name guy is Peter truly Palmer. is?
0: <laughs> uh recent recently in the uh in the Dan Slot Mark Bagley Spider-Man, they brought back that Peter Parker character. Oh who's yeah. just like little like gangly incel Peter Parker and he's Peter Palmer. He is that character. Excellent. And it's incredible. (laughs) But uh yeah, so we get this fun little montage where they're put to work on the boat. Um it is on a scale of Pirates of the Caribbean to Treasure Planet. Not my favorite working on a boat
1: montage, but it's pretty good. It's up it's good. It's It's pretty good. And we've not, we've not mentioned this, this yet, but uh, if you're imagining all of the different. You, we're talking about them being on a boat. We're talking about them being in a plane. We're talking about them being in a lighthouse. Remember that these are puppets. So they built physical sets for these things. Yeah. And most of this movie, I think all of this movie, is at night. So it is lit very dramatically. It's beautiful. Uh, and it's so, like, it genuinely looks. So good! It looks it's really so good. Well done! Like yeah. the production design on this is incredible. A hundred percent.
0: Like I feel like this is something you would see at like an old school telethon.
1: Oh it's man! like, like- and
0: just for the telethon, we have Scooby Doo Adventures: The Mystery Map.
1: Oh yeah cuz like everything is like w- like bathed in moonlight yeah. as, as they're walking outside there's like a cave there's like a cave at one point there's like the lighthouse there's the you know the the ship there's it's it's everything about it is like they they crafted they could have they could have done it much simpler and just made one one set and it was like the mystery is keep the through. mystery going to be in the inside of the you know the 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 uh their clubhouse yeah, you know they could have just locked done, like room thing whole locked room thing but they didn't they were just like we're gonna go to lots of different places and they all look so good
0: yeah it's it's one and the the production value doesn't just stop at the set design the puppets mm are incredible shaggy gets cornered by the parrot at a certain point in the cave and he's freaking out to the point that his hair starts bobbing up and down off of his head and i'm like Mm -hmm. this is incredible and it's
1: only something you can do with puppets yeah it's not a it's not a thing they edited in it was like they have special puppets that that do these reactions and do this like physical stuff that they've made and it's it's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun <laughs> the the amount of like physical the physical comedy they put in with the puppets. And how much it, how much that comedy hits harder, especially because I think a pup named Scooby Doo really leaned into the over-the-top comedy of it. Like when Scooby yes. would eat a Scooby snack, he would like transform his body into a rocket ship and blast off into space because he loved it taste so much. And they which do is that like,
0: here.
1: Yeah, and it's like this is the and, and they they recreate a lot of that uh, that like over-the-top stuff in in this, but with physical puppets, which makes it even all the more impressive in a new way. Uh, it's it's, it's, so it's
0: good. incredible, and you can yeah. tell how much the team be behind this mm-hmm. loved putting this together oh yeah because it's just it is fun from start to finish so yeah. eventually um utilizing a scooby snack which for whatever reason is on the ship. um scooby is able to rocket himself and shaggy onto the island just as velma fred and daphne fly the plane onto the ship onto the island and on their way there there's a hilarious moment where the plane starts to sputter and they're starting Mm -hmm. to go down and they're like daphne how do we fix this and she's like i just know how to fly it i don't know how planes work
1: (laughs) That just
0: again like incredible characterizations
1: oh, wonderful yeah. line reads like yeah i just know the fun part of having a plane yeah, just flying exactly. i don't know the i don't know how to, the maintenance of a plane that's where that rich privilege comes in <laughs> yeah I don't we need got people for that <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> and so everybody makes it onto the island and they stumble across gnarly beard opening mm-hmm. up the hole where his treasure is mm-hmm. and they have scooby and shaggy rock up to him in hula skirts oh yeah and they capture him for a moment he breaks out and then a short chase ensues but they're able to get him caught via the use of coconuts and when yes. they unmask uh captain gnarly beard it is revealed <gasps> to be dr escobar's assistant shirley shirley
1: remember shirley
0: yeah. And this is the coolest thing about this, and the reveal of Stu, who is revealed to be her brother mm. earlier on in the first half, is that all the clues are in the story. And that's yeah. something that I loved about a pup named Scooby Doo, is that you have the opportunity to figure this out before the gang
1: does, or with the oh, gang. Oh, yeah. Or with the gang. Yeah, and it's there, the I know same there was opportunity here. There was a clue about Fred thinking that Shirley had this, like, intoxicating smell because Mm -hmm. he was so infatuated with her, and that plays into how they're able to identify who's behind it because it's like, well, the the Gnarly Beard sort of of smells the same as Shirley. And Gnarly Uh, Beard was
0: using a shovel that made the exact same sound as Shirley's shovel when they ran into her and Dr. Escobar Mm -hmm. in the cave. like when they lay the clues out it is masterfully done and it makes me want to go back and rewatch it with all those clues in mind to look mm-hmm. for it it's which is exactly what scooby doo and mystery oh, stuff yeah. should do
1: at oh all yeah times. you you should be able to you should have all the clues and then yeah. be able to piece it together i think that's what makes uh the best mysteries to me are are mm-hmm. not you know they're not like, you don't feel cheated because it's like, oh, how could I have, how could I have known that you withheld this information from me? Yeah. But it's like when you have all the information of the characters and you're able to put it c- together, but you don't, uh, then it's like, oh, it's like you have this moment of like, oh, of course, that's because right. it's like, because I it's like, oh, I, I know this stuff. And I just I didn't put it together. And I think that's that's what makes the best mysteries. And that's what makes the best Scooby-Doo stories, because. I mean, I've talked about this a lot before in, in various places, but like the original Scooby-Doo cartoon, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Yeah. Had some episodes like that, but it also had a lot of episodes where it was impossible for you to figure out who the <laughs> There's the, no way. Who, yeah, because it was just like, oh, the, the monster was this escaped, th- this prisoner who escaped recently, and it's like, that was never mentioned at all? Not and once. how would I have known that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's not fair. But then like as, the, uh, yeah. the
0: amusement parts rent lapsed last month, and the collectors have been pursuing the owners relentlessly. We never mentioned this. We, I didn't I know didn't about even know that. We we're in a circus.
1: That's unfair. I was trying to help you solve this mystery. You didn't tell me any of this info. <laughs> but yeah, this the pub named Scooby Doo, uh, and a, a lot of m- more modern uh, interpretations of the Scooby Doo franchise do lean into this idea of like, well, if we're not going to give even, we're going to give you all of the information, or at the very least most of the information until the very end but i think yeah this this really this this really hits home of like this is the classic formula of like just get all the clues you got all this you got like a couple suspects you got a couple clues put it together it's easy and i love it
0: absolutely and so they end up um dr escobar and lighthouse lou who i guess are an item show up Mm -hmm. um Shirley is taken into custody and they find gnarly beard's treasure, which ends up being beard and hair care products.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, he's very, so us yeah. to our
0: sponsor for this week <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: and, uh, uh, future editing, Eric, uh, this is where you find a sponsor and then yeah. stick the sponsored ad right here. Um, just maybe it's, you know, uh, uh, tied hair into care. hair care products. Yeah. You never know. You never know. It could happen. I'm, could I'm hoping good. big things for you, future Eric.
1: Yeah, my beard's pretty gnarly, so I could use some. I could use something with a discount code. You with... look great. Your oh, your your beard you. is always well capped. It's yeah. Well, I I I appreciate that. I'm tr- I'm trying. I gotta. It's it feels a little shaggy. I will say. Ah. <laughs> uh, ah. Mm-hmm. Uh.
0: And so Shaggy and Scooby, speaking of, end up using the hair care products to give themselves a spa day as everyone is trying to break into the uh, bathroom. I guess the clubhouse only has one single bathroom and they are hogging it uh, to have a little uh, time for themselves, which we should all do. Self-care is important.
1: You don't even have to earn it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. User. And
0: so that is Scooby-Doo Adventures, the mystery map. Just a wonderful hidden gem. It's a so love letter good. to these characters.
1: You know what's interesting, too, about the title is it's very um it's very X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yes. Where it's like, it's Scooby-Doo <laughs> Adventures, colon, the mystery map. As, as like they're going, as like they planned to do more of these. Like they were well, like, yeah.
0: And that's the interesting thing, too, because that's exactly what i thought because scooby-doo adventures it's the literally the only property of scooby-doo to use that title mm-hmm. and it makes me think that scooby-doo adventures was supposed to be like an umbrella for maybe yeah. other movies or a series and according to stephanie DeBruzzo, who played mm. velma and was kind of the Seems to be kind of the driving force behind this. This was intended to be a pilot for a potential TV series that never ended up being picked up
1: oh i never knew that
0: i didn't either but watching it it makes so much sense like it makes they sense. built all this stuff as like a proof of concept of this is what we can do with the medium this is what we can do with these characters we have all of the actors that you know and love we have this fan favorite character design this can be a spiritual successor to a pup named scooby-doo which yeah. everyone loves and no one has ever said otherwise ever right. in the history of the internet.
1: Exactly. And I think what I think, what I like about it is you could, I, I, I would, I'm interested to know more of history behind this because there's a part of me that's like, I understand that because this movie is 45 minutes long, which mm-hmm. for a presumably, you know, comedy TV show that those are typically like, you know, 30, you know, 22 minutes with commercials yeah. and things like that. But so it would make sense that like, Oh, this is a pilot, Pilots are sometimes longer. Um, Mm. But I also like the idea that, like, what if it was an hour-long show every time, but it was split up into those two parts that are always connected together? Like, that would be really interesting. Yeah,
0: it would have made sense, I think, for it to be, like, a two-part premiere, with the first half being episode one, second half being episode two. And then, like you said, like, doing these two-parters, comprising of, like, maybe six full stories across yeah. 12 episodes.
1: I mean, that would differentiate it from a lot. I mean, it's already differentiated because it's puppets and there's no other yes. puppets. Scim-y-do. But it would also differentiate it formula-wise by having a two-part mystery. I can't think of another uh, two-part mystery uh, to, to Scooby-Doo. At least not, nothing with, you know, one half as part of it. And another, right. Like there are obviously stories and in, in cartoons and movies where there are multiple mysteries to unravel, but this mm-hmm. is one where like there is one mystery for half of it and then another mystery that's tied in for, a, you know, a t- a, there's two people to unmask. And I just, I think that's so fun uh, yeah. as a way to like shake up the formula to, to tie it, tie it all together. Um, I agree. And it's fascinating know.
0: because this did break a lot of ground for Scooby-Doo as a franchise. Like, mm-hmm. like we said before, this is the first puppet movie yeah. in Scooby-Doo history. It's also only, the like first direct to video uh, film featuring the Scooby Gang as kids. Which yeah. is wild to me.
1: They never they stopped at the show. Um, yeah. and then they never did any any movie. That's so wild to me. They should break this. They should do that. Again. It's crazy cuz they should just make this. They should like just do, I know Well, you in know a, what? You know what though? Is they almost did do a movie with them as kids. It, they almost did. They oh, almost God, they did. never released it. And then they then they said never mind we need it's it's not we can't release it because of ta- tax reasons i don't know they What's definitely didn't make it there. ever no
0: nor did no, they no, no. almost make a uh... yeah so there's a lot going on <laughs> but you know i i really i actually really enjoyed this and i didn't realize how much i was going to until Really getting into the nitty gritty of it and then discussing it with you. Like, this is yeah. something that more people should know about. And I hope after listening to this, even though we kind of talked through the whole
1: thing, um, there's so many jokes we didn't hit on though and there's and you and we've only described how the puppets look and the scenery looks and everything and you haven't even seen it with your own eyes you need to go and watch it it's on the hbo maxes
0: or just max like prince it's a symbol now
1: yep it's got at least for me i it's on boomerang if you have that instead of Mm -hmm. max um I'm sure there's other ways to find it but like that's that it's it's really interesting and I think more people should talk about it because like when I talk about I'm I'm not very precious with the Scooby-Doo franchise like I like right. it when people take risks I like it when uh, the franchise moves in different directions. Um, you know, I don't really love 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo, for example, but Mm. I, but I only just don't love the execution. I think the idea of it is really cool. And so, and so I'm not precious with, with the Scooby-Doo formula at all. Um, and this is one that, you know, it obviously is inspired by a pup named Scooby-Doo, uh, and and other interpretations of Scooby Doo, but the the puppets, the physicality, the the way that the characters are sort of merged between their versions of Pup Named Scooby Doo and their right. more modern interpretations, it, it it is different enough, and it still holds a um you know an all ages uh sort of feel to it that I know a lot of people uh is is really important to them with Scooby Doo stuff. So I, this is just it's such. This is like the kind of like risk taking that I really like seeing with Agreed. with this franchise uh cuz it's so creative and it's so fun um and I just I can't fault it. I just think it's so good and it's it's wild to me that they never pick, that it was never picked up for a for a series.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think it's it's it is a shame because I think there's a lot of potential here. Um and like you said, it's such a wonderful ride all the way through and even like as an adult i had a great time and i bet if you know kids watched it they would lose their marbles and you Mm -hmm. could sell a million puppets a little a million little dolls of all the puppets i want like a little puppet gang for all of them like I i i feel like the marketing potential is there um the
1: cast I mean, is still all around. Like it's yeah, it's based off of a pup named Scooby Doo. So the puppet for Scooby Doo is this adorable little puppy. It's not. Yeah. It's not like adult Scooby Doo. It's cute, and it's it's ah, oh, it, it's so good. I mean, all the characters are cute. L- little Shaggy is little so shaggy cute the, as a with puppet with the little mop top, like the bowl, bowl cut. cut. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
0: incredible. It's so
1: cute.
0: And it's uh. a great. Like we said a great spiritual successor to a pup named Scooby-Doo which is beloved by so many people especially mm-hmm. kind of around our age and having something like this tra- kind of transported me back to watch yeah. it and I was like and we put our money into Velma and not this
1: like what do I you... know there's like it's I sh- said I'm not I'm shame. not precious with the formula I right. just want it I just want it to be good and I just um and I, I like I like when they take risks but like I also you know I'm not, I'm, I'm always going to be bummed when those risks aren't necessarily good. <laughs> so yeah. um so and I feel
0: like this would have yeah. been a risk that was good because we talked about the the set design, we talked mm-hmm. about the characterizations, the character work. Like the voice acting is incredible on this. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just I love this thing so much and to it's good. It's so good. find out in my research that the, the wide release was on a date that is very near and dear to my heart. Like oh. made this, this is like a top fiver for me now. This is like, and I have you to thank for introducing me oh. to this. And oh, I'm so, so far, glad. if we, t- if we take into account, you know, the last time we talked about Scooby-Doo, which was Scooby-Doo and the witch's ghost. If you haven't yet, go listen to that episode. We had a lot of fun. Yes. Um, and I had to keep myself from visibly and physically just shaking and blurting out to Scott about all of my favorite uh, videos that he's done. <laughs> it, you know, we are two for two for talking about incredible Scooby-Doo properties. Oh and I gosh. am very excited that we continue to do this. And it makes me very happy to me have too. you come back
1: and to talk about fun Scooby-Doo stuff. It's my favorite thing to do because you are obviously a fantastic voice actor as well as – and you're so knowledgeable about it. And I love talking about that aspect of it with you. I mean when we did – to continue plugging the Witch's Ghost thing if people haven't heard that. like I still just think about um, just how much time – rightfully so that we spent uh, talking about uh, Tim Curry's whole yes. performance in that movie because he – just make some decisions that are so interesting. Yeah. Um, so just go listen to that because we talk about it for a while. It's, it's very it. good. Do it. Yeah. Go
0: listen to it. It's a wonderful mm-hmm. time. Um, mm-hmm. If you like this, you're going to love that. So as we're wrapping up here, um, any final thoughts on Scooby-Doo and the mystery map? Or Scooby-Doo um, Adventures, colons, the yes. map.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to um, be exact here. Yeah, thank you. Um. Honestly, my only thought is I weirdly never really bothered to look at the the full history behind this thing which is so unlike me <laughs> but now that you've opened my eyes to this idea that it was pitched as a tv show and never got picked up like that makes me want to just dive deeper and fit and, and find more information about i want to know and, why i and, and maybe make a follow-up video about it you've opened my eyes to like to to this thing that I I mean I was like let's talk about this puppet thing and then you're like so here's a here's some stuff about this puppet thing. And I'm like oh I didn't even know that. Oh my god. That is so... that is my
0: uh that is my neuroses on display and I am <laughs> glad that I shared it with you. And genuinely if you do this follow-up video and yeah. you are able to unearth all of this incredible, you know, if to. we get this untold story. I mean, I would love to see you interview stephanie D'Abruzzo if that would happen like i want to know more about this
1: oh my gosh i feel like
0: this is a rabbit hole worth going down and to know that i would have any kind of hand in it would make this little uh this wonderful nerd's heart sing
1: i know i'm like i'm 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 gonna find if there's a way to contact her because that would be (laughs) very fun Uh, anyway, I'll keep you posted that it's you've, you've sparked something in me. That's like, I got (laughs) to dig deeper on this. So that's, that's, that's my final thought. Other than like, if you haven't seen it and you have access to any of these streaming services we talked about that it's on, uh, definitely check it out. Like I said, it's 45 minutes. If you're a fan of pup named Scooby-Doo, check it out. If you have little, little ones, uh, who are, might be interested in this. Like it's, I, it's, like I said, it's an all ages sort of Scooby-Doo thing. It's 45 minutes. It's very fun um it's yeah i think it's great and it Good blows again.
0: by too that that 45 minutes moves so quickly oh yeah
1: because it's split into two parts it just feels it just it, it yeah it doesn't you have feel time
0: right. to have a little intermission make a little snack make some mac and cheese and get Absolutely. right into the second uh get right into the second part of this honestly or and pizza. being able to talk about this is so Fun and getting into the minutia of it, what makes it so good? Um, It's an incredible piece of uh, Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo media, and I am so glad that this little offhand comment that you made about looking into this puppet thing has Mm
1: -hmm. sparked
0: this discussion. And it's always genuinely a pleasure to have you on. It's Um, so fun
1: talking with you. Yeah,
0: for. Those of us or for our listeners who
1: would like to follow up with your stuff and what you
0: do, where can they find you?
1: You can find me. uh, I usually make videos on YouTube at my channel, NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. It's all one word. Um, I... I'm on a Scooby-Doo kick, right? I keep saying that and everyone keeps laughing at me because they're like, this kick has been going on for years, huh? (laughs) Um, I have a lot of videos about comics and superheroes from the past if you want to dive into that, but I also just have a lot of videos about just like nerdy media in general, comics, cartoons, movies, movies, um i'm i'm doing a lot of scooby-doo stuff for october so check it out and i might make a video about this if you want more behind the, if i can find more behind the scenes information eric has inspired me to to dig a little deeper on this i'm so excited <laughs> um so that's where you can find me and uh i mean pick your pick your social media platform i'm just at scott nice wonder on all of those
0: and I think I've been pretty uh, pretty open about Scott's influence on me as a creator and as a fan. Uh, obviously, been a huge fan of Scott's for a very long time. NerdSync is one of my biggest inspirations for everything when it comes to Aww. what I do in this space. So uh, if you like what I do, obviously, if you don't already, you are going to love Scott's stuff. A couple highlights that I'd love to give you. Um, Scott made a video quite a while ago uh regarding spider-man and the uh creation of the lie detector which um more people should uh
1: or the 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 not lie detector the um um ankle bracelet the ankle
0: bracelet thank you yes it was one of those things and it is it is wonderful the the amount of neuroses that i think about with stuff like i was like this is absolutely my stuff
1: Right you know here. what's funny is I wrote – I literally wrote that video about the how Spider-Man in, inspired the creation of ankle monitors. Um, I wrote that video years ago, and it took me like three <laughs> years before I was like, all right, I should actually just sit down and record this. Um, so I'm glad that it worked out well. I'm glad that, that you liked it. Well, I, I should also say that I'm working on a video right now, another Scooby-Doo one, that you will appear in. So um, – because we sat me? down and recorded, yeah, we sat down My and recorded a month ago, yeah, and your voice, <laughs> your lovely voice, oh, all of man. it. So, well, that's yeah.
0: that's more than I could ever ask for. I'm very excited. Also, I I have to plug it at every opportunity. Uh, Scott recently, recently being mm-hmm. relative, made a wonderful, heartfelt video about uh, Whisper of the Heart. Uh, oh. Scott, like me, is a big Ghibli fan. And this video literally changed my brain makeup on how I approach oh. certain things. It is a passion project that everyone needs to watch. So go watch it. It's incredible. Well, thank you. If you don't watch it, I will be in your walls. Just be oh. prepared for that.
1: As you should be. No, thank you. That means a lot. That's one of my favorite videos I made. I, I genuinely didn't think it was going to get any views because it's not a thing that I've ever talked about. Um uh, but people have been loving it and that is like, I, I only released it earlier this year and everyone keeps saying it's one of their favorite videos I've ever made, which means a lot. I, I, I like being able to make something present in the present tense that people, uh, enjoy because a lot of times people are like, oh, I like your old stuff better. And I'm like, <laughs> but I'll show you, I'll make a whisper of the heart video. I'll that's be kinda... cool
0: nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> i'll show so, young scott no I, yeah. I i genuinely i love that video no, it spoke well, to me on you, a on you. a spiritual level so oh, go you. watch it so it can also speak to you on a spiritual level yes. and um that is gonna wrap up part two of Geektober. and i guess until next time see you later scooby gang Zlinks. time is everything It is now time for the weekly review. This is the segment of our show where I review something weekly. And right now we're reviewing episode number one of season two of Loki. This has been hotly anticipated ever since the conclusion of season one. And I'm really, really stoked to be talking about it. Uh, The first episode is entitled Ouroboros and makes its distinction as the very first episode that Any Marvel series has gotten in a season two. Loki is the only show so far to have gotten a season two released. We do know that What If is coming, but Loki snuck right in there to get that first episode. And honestly, this episode was fantastic. I was really curious how they were going to pay off all of the hanging threads that we had in the uh, conclusion of season one. But season two hits the ground running immediately. And it's interesting and it's strange to me because... At the end of uh, season one in that finale, it looked like Loki had been sucked into either an alternative timeline or maybe the timeline had been changed. But we come to find out that instead, what had happened when he was kicked through the uh, the time door is that he was kicked into the past of the current timeline, which I think is fascinating. Uh we saw him meet with hunter as well as um as well as mobius and we thought again like oh maybe this is like an alternate timeline or maybe this is another dimension another reality what have you but no it's just earlier in their timeline when the one who remained was like the main figurehead of the TVA obviously now it was the time masters and they've done these resets kind of like the idea about the matrix how it keeps getting reset and new you know new powers new enemies are set against it to the uh, at least to the perception of those whose minds are being wiped but honestly like getting into the just i mean all of the different ideas that this show is presenting, and the show has been big on ideas from the very beginning. But having Loki and Mobius from two opposite points in time trying to meet in the middle and get Loki not just back to the current time, but also to keep him anchored there because he keeps getting like whiplashed between the two time periods. And so we get to see the imminent threat of Kang, who uh, still played by Jonathan Majors. We haven't had any kind of recasting yet, and there hasn't been really any update on the allegations that were levied against him early, either earlier this year or late last year, and it's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on going forward because he you know they've set him up they've essentially set up I believe faces five and six around him as a threat so we'll just have to see but as it stands now he is the main antagonist for this season so it's going to be very interesting and I would recommend keeping an eye out I mean obviously it's not going to be Hardy's the main antagonist but seeing how much involvement he has in the show proper like they can get away a lot with like oh talking about him them doing the Uh, the face reveal behind the wall that originally showed the time masters or I guess was plastered over with the time masters now showing the face of Kang's many variants is Kang like is Kang the original variant do we know now we don't who knows but I think the possibilities with that character are endless so we'll just have to see but i was really excited personally to see ki hui kwan in this show i just i love that man i he has my heart forever Um, he is my goals you know the amount of enthusiasm and love and passion he brings into everything and just seeing the success he's been having over recent years it's been fantastic to watch but have him being this character called Ouroboros working in Essentially, the the Tinker's toy shop trying, you know, fixing all of the shoddy tech that the TVA has, the fun little back and forth between Loki in one time period earlier in timeline and Mobius in the current time period, and then going back and forth trying to solve the problem of Loki being caught, um... It was fantastic, and I hope that he sticks around and is a main player for the rest of the season. Now, there was an interesting thing, because there was something going on. At a certain point, Loki got flung into the future instead of the past, and he saw that the TVA is in complete chaos. And he hears this phone ringing, and he's going down this hallway, and he sees Sylvie opening a door and saying, Oh, there you are. Before he gets, he gets, um purged from the timeline which is what is used to send him back into the uh into the void essentially into the time vortex so that mobius can pluck him out and so seemingly him jumping between time is going to stop here but we'll see if that sticks i i'm interested i'm interested pruned is the word i was looking for um I'm interested to see what comes about with Sylvie, because we got a couple different clues with her. Uh, we have General Dox, this dickhead, uh, es- essentially assembling a small army to go after Sylvie, and we don't know what's going on with her. We know at the fu- in the future she will be showing up back in the TVA, according to that scene. So getting us there, and we don't know who pruned Loki. I have a feeling I know who it is, but we'll see. Uh, seeing... Her there and also knowing that she, you know, killed uh, he who remains and then plopped back into the timeline somewhere is quite interesting. Uh, We don't know exactly what this I'm assuming it's going to lead into some kind of like TVA rebellion because they're trying very hard to keep the secret of the fact that they're all variants. Hush, hush. And eventually that's going to come out. There's no way that's not going to become a relevant plot point later. But then at the conclusion, we get a mid-credits scene where we see Sylvie. And it's Sylvie in her garb, like, must have been plucked straight out of the finale. Like she killed He Who Remains and then left and popped up here. And she's sitting in this McDonald's in the 80s. And not just any McDonald's. She's sitting in a McDonald's in Broxton, Oklahoma. Ah! I am so excited about this. JMS stands, we rise. I am stoked about Broxton. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Broxton is a big, big setting for thor comics basically from the mid-2000s on uh starting with that big thor reboot after the ragnarok event that killed all of the gods Uh, Broxton kind of became the place for New Asgard, and we got to see that develop over time. Uh, If you want more about Broxton, go check out Days of Thunder, the series that we did on the Geeksplain Book Club where we went through Jason Aaron's Thor run. Broxton plays a major part in a good chunk of that series. So go check that out. It's in the archives. But I loved seeing Broxton, and I hope we get a lot of Broxton this time. And I'm secretly hoping against hope. That we see maybe some Ross Solomon. We don't know. It's probably not going to happen. But I just love Ross Solomon. And I want some of her in this show. And I think she'd be perfect. But really excited to see what sylvie does we don't know exactly what's going to happen with her she again looks like she's in broxton in the 80s and we don't know how much time has passed since that scene so i am overall super excited about this show we've only got six episodes which again just feels too short Which is strange because we talk about all the time, like, oh, if they're going to make these, you know, events and they're just movies stretched out to be shows, like, just cut out of the filler. But recently, I feel like they've been too short. So, we'll see. Loki was probably one of the best paced shows of all of them. So, I hope that they continue that run and that these six episodes make sense in the pacing and makes sense to tell the amount of narrative that we not only need to tell this story but also that we want and that is satisfying but as it stands episode one big thumbs up from me can't wait for episode two tune in next week for that but for now let's roll right on into this week's comics countdown <laughs> Welcome back to this week's Comics Countdown for the week of... October 11th 2023 This is the segment of our show Where I'll be chatting you up about all the comics You should be picking up this week Whether it's at your local comic book shop Or Comixology Or however you get your comics These are the ones I think you should definitely take a look at But before we get into this week's books We had to take a look back at last week's books With the Geeksplain Pick of the Week of last week And y'all It was really difficult Because there were so many good comics That came out last week Like it It's ridiculous. Both of the X-Men comics that came out were incredible. Immortal X-Men and X-Men were just amazing stories. I am so glued and locked in to what they're doing with the X-Books right now. Uh, Doctor Strange was incredible. I continue to just I'm amazed by Jed McKay. Continuing to craft the modern Doctor Strange epic. And again, I will continue to say this until I am blue in the face. Doctor Strange has not had a bad comic since Jason Aaron took over the book back in the early 2010s. It just hasn't happened. It's been over 10 years at this point that he has been crushed that doctor strange has just been crushing it from run to run so i'm loving this uh gods i even thought was really good i know people are giving it a lot of flack i enjoyed it batman was fantastic if not incredibly freaking sad but ultimately i ended up giving it to birds of prey number two because this birds of prey book y'all it's just Ooh, it's chef's kiss. It is incredible. I love this book to death and you need to be checking this book out because good stuff is happening. The art is incredible. The writing is stellar. You need to be reading this book. But that's last week. This week, I've got seven books for you to check out. So let's go ahead and dig into the list with a brand new number one. This being Wesley Dodds, the Sandman number one. Now, this is the first of three JSA I don't want to call them reunion specials. I guess you could call them that. Uh, these are three stories featuring major uh, Justice Society characters that are we're getting new stories for. This is written by Robert Venditti with art by Riley Brosmo, And this has to do with the titular sandman wesley dodds the original sandman in the comics uh he's a fantastic character detective noir is his deal Um, and i've always been fascinated by the character and i think this team sounds awesome so let's dig into the synopsis and figure out what's going on the golden age sandman returns in a new noir mystery No one escapes the Sandman's dark dreams, not even Wesley Dodds himself. After years of testing and experimentation, Wesley perfected his sleep gas as the optimal weapon to fight crime without causing undue harm. But when his journal detailing all his failed and far more deadly formulas is stolen, the Sandman must hunt down the thief and the people in the shadows pulling the strings before the contents of the journal are released. That sounds frickin' awesome! I am stoked on this. Uh, Again, I'm a big JSA mark. Any of those characters are going to be must-buys for me. Uh, So this kicks off, I believe, every single week going forward in the month of October. We're getting this. We're getting Sandman this week. I believe we're getting Jay Garrick next week. And then I think we're getting Alan Scott the next week after that. So it's a good time to be a JSA fan, a.k.a. me. Next up, we have Danger Street number 10. This is written by Tom King with art by Jorge Fornes. And we are very quickly approaching the end here. I believe this is, I believe we've only got two issues left for this. I am terrified because I don't know what's going to happen in this book. And that's kind of exciting in a way. This cover rules. Um, I am really, really excited. Let's dig into the synopsis. All the pieces come together as the Commodore finds his new knight, the Creeper, just in time for the Outsiders to storm his castle. Will he survive their wrath? Meanwhile, Lady Cop comes steps closer to solving the mystery of the Golden Helmet of Fate as the Dingbats set their, sights in, set their plans in motion to resurrect one of their own, and they're willing to bring down the entire world in the process. So yeah, this is like gosh this is like young justice meets princess bride meets the goonies like this is one a wonderful book i have no clue what's going to happen from issue to issue and there's a certain magic in that that you don't often get with modern comics so you should be reading this next up speaking of x-men from earlier x-men red number 16 genesis war continues uh this is I don't know why I said it like that. Um, This is written, of course, by Al Ewing with Art by Yildre Sinar. I hope I said that correctly. And if I didn't, I apologize. But this book... Frickin rules just like the other Xbox, i'm locked in but this for a whole completely different reason this is a war epic now and apocalypse his children his wife like they are all here and they want kokoa for themselves or arako i guess uh aka mars formerly the artist formerly known as mars and I'm just loving this. I'm loving the chess match. I love me some war stories, so I'm really excited about this. Let's dig into the synopsis. Condition red. The four horsemen ride across the land. Demon armies sweep through the skies. The spire vial is open. As Genesis launches her endgame, Storm and the Brotherhood fight for their lives across the red planet. And somewhere, the last Okara seed blooms. The revelation is here. Yeah, I'm stoked on this. Um, It does look like this also features a backup with Sunspot and Shark Girl, which is dope as hell. So I'm excited to read that. But man, Genesis War is just checking all the right boxes for me. Next up, we have Superman Lost number seven. This is written by Christopher Priest with art by Lee Weeks. Carlo and Carlo Pagulian. I man I love this book this book rules um I know I keep saying that but it keeps being the case there's some really good comics going on right now Uh, This is a fascinating book. It truly is getting in one of the most like everyone wants to talk about how like Tom King makes heroes sad. Like this book is the sad Superman book, but it's incredible in its world building, its scope, and yet keeping it a very personal story for Clark. I'm loving this. Let's dig into the synopsis. Superman is confronted with the specter of his own possible future, when his way home is blocked by an alternate version of himself. Meanwhile, Lois employs the nuclear option to help Clark out of his malaise by making it a deal with the devil, Lex Luthor. And if we know one thing, nobody's on the level of the devil. So I'm excited about this. This is going to be dope as hell. We haven't had any Luthor involvement in this book so far, and I can't wait. Next up, we have Guardians of the Galaxy number seven. This is written, of course, by the Hive Mind, Jackson Lansing, and Colin Kelly with art by Kev Walker. I love this book to death. Y'all know how much I love this book, and you know how much I am bummed that this isn't an ongoing and is basically a big old limited series. A prestige limited series without like the gigantic magazine sized covers. Um I I'm loving the story that they're telling with this team. I thought the backstory issue from last month was incredibly strong setting up everything that we need to know for this current climate and for this current status quo of the team. But now that we've looked at the past, we got to look at the future. So let's dig into the synopsis and find out what's next for the galaxy's biggest a-holes. R.I.P. Guardians. The guardians of the galaxy are dead. The manifold territories are no more. In their place is Groot space with the cosmos's heroes defeated it's up to emperor hulkling and wiccan to hold the Groot fall back from the rest of the universe is this the beginning of a new guardians of the galaxy if this ends up being the final guardians of the galaxy story for like the mainstays it won't be but like if it is What a way to go out. What an incredibly sad, tragic, Western way to say goodbye to these characters. Just, oh my God, the possibilities are tantalizing. I can't wait to pick this up. Next up, we have World's Finest Teen Titans number four. This is written by Mark Wade with art by Emanuela lupacino and i love this book too you know how much i do uh, the world's finest stuff is incredible um, the world's finest teen titan stuff has been fantastic i've been really loving it and there's just there's nothing there's there's nothing to complain here it's incredible so let's dig into the synopsis and find out what's next for the uh i guess it's not the fab five anymore the sensational six Breaking up is super hard to do. America's sweetest situationship breaks hearts, including Aqualad's and Wonder Girl's own, when Garth realizes a part of him isn't fully in it with Donna. To heal the wounds, Wally invites Garth and Roy to a sleepover at his folks' home, where Aqualad opens up about his fluid sexuality. Meanwhile, Mal assists Bumblebee in an unexpected battle, giving him a taste of the Teen Titan he could be that's interesting i wow i mean first of all them just putting it right out there in the uh in the solicit i think is incredible and i love that move but having them go this direction is also very fascinating because we've i mean a big part of the original team titan's story was about them having all the kind of melodrama and the teen angst so introducing that here i think is really cool and a great way to explore the depths of these characters in this new kind of redefining the origins of the characters that we know today so i'm all for this and i can't wait to read this but of course of course the big book of the week the book i think you should absolutely pick up to the surprise of no one at all is the Superior Spider-Man Returns. Oh, I'm so excited about this! Y'all know how much I love the Superior Spider-Man. It was the first ever Geeks Flame Spotlight that I did for this podcast way back when we were still in double digits. Early on in double digits too, when it comes to episode count. Um I love the story. I love this story. Uh Can't wait. Can't wait to pick this up. This is uh, written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage with art by Ryan Stegman, Mark Bagley, Umberto Ramos, and Giuseppe Comancoli. All of the mainstays, plus Mark Bagley, from that original Superior Spider-Man run, plus... Mark Bagley! I love me some Mark Bagley! I cannot wait to read this. I've been anticipating this for basically this entire year, ever since this was announced. I am so excited. Let's dig into the synopsis and find out what's happening here. Superior Spider-Man web slings again. The spider team that redefined The Amazing Spider-Man returns to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the most monumental and shocking spider story in a generation. Peter Parker, Doc Ock, together again for a Spider-Man story superior to all others big words daddy boy I am excited to see you match those expectations though so that does it for this week's comics countdown to recap we've got Wesley Dodds the Sandman number one Danger Street number 10 X-Men Red number 16 Super Superman Lost number 7 Guardians of the Galaxy number 7 World's Finest Teen Titans number 4 and the Superior Spider-Man Returns number 1 Superior Spider-Man's back maybe so consider the die cast time to make the superior decision and head to your lcs to pick up some superior comics And that is gonna bring us to the wrap-up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geek Explain Podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe to us on the podcasting platform of your choice and give us a rating and review. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday, and honestly, ratings, reviews, and subscriptions really do help me and the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space. Raises up our stock and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you wanna call it, I will really read your review here on the podcast. You can write literally anything you want. I will be forced to read every single word you write. But as long as you give me those five stars, the sky's the limit on what you can have me read. And I recognize how dangerous that is to say, but I want those five stars. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. I would love to hit 25. We're currently at 21. I would love to get 25 by the end of the year. I think we can do it. I think we can do it, but you'll also be able to join the likes of our terrific twenty-one, including SeafireND, Joshua Pansel Pixels, Matt Draper, Burrito Man eighty-eight, Doug from For Every Kind of Geek, Don Swanson, that guy Brian, Mouth Dork, Dallas Meeks, Amazing Spider fan, lock and Az, Sass, Jedi Jesse twenty, Ken four six five six, Director Hall, Mullet Overlord, Invisible Man eleven, Ed likes things, Clip three two six, that Logan and Kenneth from Norway. I want to say a huge thank you to these fine folks for their reviews, and I cannot. Wait to hear yours. If you'd like to be part of the Geek Explained mailbag, send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Put mailbag in the subject header, and I will read it here on the Wednesday show. If you'd like to keep up to date with the podcast, participate in polls that decide future episodes, get first notification when I make announcements or when episodes drop and go live, or maybe you just want to shoot the shit with me on the latest geeky news, and trust me, there is a lot of it going on. Uh, feel free to follow us at Geek Explained Pod. That's at Geek Explained Pod on Instagram and Twitter. As I continue to try and get better at Instagram and as twitter continues to circle the drain i'm not calling it x as long as that's around for that's where you'll be able to find us still figuring out if maybe i should get on uh, threads i've got blue sky for my personal stuff but maybe we'll get a geeksplain blue sky we'll see who knows who knows anything could happen at this point it truly is a month of miracles who's to say but finally Every single Friday, except very importantly this Friday, uh, we put on the Geeksplain book club where I, alongside my fellow amazing friends, Malcolm Russell Nelson and Jacob Brown... Put on a series of discussions featuring us going through every single issue of every single volume of a specific run of comics. Last Friday, we just wrapped up our big old Flash rebirth run covering the Joshua Williamson and Friends uh, series of Flash books. And next Friday, we're kicking things off with the second half of our season four, Brave and the Bold, as we cover green arrow rebirth it's going to be a great time questions are currently open our email is open for questions for you to send us stuff on green arrow year one which is going to act as our prologue which is as i said before we're going to drop next friday this friday is a little little mid-season break little mid-season uh catching our breath recollecting ourselves before we dive back into the rebirth era but next week everything kicks back off with the beginning of our green arrow cover But that does it for this week's episode. I want to say a huge thank you to Scott once again for coming on the show. It's always genuinely a pleasure to have him on the podcast. I talk about it enough when he's on mic, but... With him away and me able to just gush and be a fanboy myself, um, I've been a huge fan of Scott's for a very, very long time. And so getting him on the uh, podcast the first time to talk about Scooby-Doo was a bucket list thing for me. And to get him back on here and to count him as a friend as well as a fellow creator, um, it's just, it's fantastic. It really genuinely is. So uh, once again... Thank you to Scott for coming on. Follow him on all the things. Go check out his YouTube channel. It's incredible, life-changing for me. So, again, if you like what I do, you're going to love what he does over on his YouTube channel. Next week, we're going to keep this spooky ball rolling by celebrating something that I'm very excited for. Because I don't know if you know. You may know, you may not know, but next week we have a very specific video game releasing, that being Insomniac's Spider-Man 2. It is dropping everywhere next week. Um, I don't remember exactly the date. I think it's the 20th, uh, so it's going to be dropping Next week, and it's got a lot of new characters involved, and a couple new big villains involved as well, including maybe my favorite Spider Man villain. It's tough to say, but you know him, you love him. Sometimes he's Australian, and he's at his best when he's Australian. It's Craven the Hunter. I am so stoked to see him in the game. And in honor of him and in honor of the spooky season, we're going to be diving into. One of the darkest Spider Man stories of all time as we put the Geek Explained spotlight on Craven's last hunt. So join me for that next week, same geek time, same geek channel. But for now, for the Geek Explained podcast, for Geektober, I've been Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, stay spooky, and we will see you next time. you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see. This our town of Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween.
1: Pumpkins scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween. Everybody make a scene.
0: Trick or treat. Tell the neighbors on the diaphragm. It's our town. Everybody scream. This town of Halloween. Bed. Teeth ground sharp and eyes glowing red.
1: I am the one hiding under your stairs. Fingers like snakes and spiders in my hair. This is
0: Halloween, this is Halloween, 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 Halloween. Halloween. In this town we call home, everyone hail to the pumpkin soul.
1: In this town, don't we love it now? Everybody's waiting for the next surprise. around that corner and hiding in
0: the trash, and something's waiting at the bounce And how are you three hey, This is Halloween, red and black, it's ladybeard. <laughs> Aren't you scared? Well, that's just fine. <laughs> say it once, say it twice. Everybody scream! I don't know, I am the cloud of the tearaway face! in a flash of a Trace! I am the who in the cold who's there. I am the wind blowing through your hair I am the shadow on the moon at night Filling your dreams to the brim
1: with fright This is Halloween, this is Halloween Halloween, 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 Halloween
0: Halloween, Halloween! Halloween, Halloween. Everywhere. Life's no fun
1: without a good scare. That's our job.
0: But we're not mean in,
1: in our town, town of Halloween. In this town, don't we love it
0: now? Everyone's, Everyone's waiting for the next, next surprise. A <laughs> jack might catch you in the back and scream like a bet. you make you jump out oh, no, of no your skin. This is Halloween, everybody scream. Won't you please make
1: way for a very special guy?
0: Pumpkin past everyone hail to the pumpkin King. Out, this is Halloween, this is Halloween, Halloween,
1: Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. In this town we call home, everyone hail to the pumpkin song. <laughs>